Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. I'm arguing with the philosophy of team building. You can argue whether they're the character or all that crap. You can argue about the player. But to me, I think this is a day to argue about team building. And some fucking teams have no clue how to build a team. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos here at a special Friday edition yeah. of the GM Shuffle Well, podcast. it's an emergency decision. I mean, we needed this. Somebody <laughs> check on Mel, please. Somebody check. I'm worried about Mel. Do we have the breaking news banner? I'm worried about Mel Kuyper. I'm worried about Mel. Man, it's a tough night for your boy. Well, I mean, look, again, I'm going to say this. If Levis plays good, he's going to look great. But, you know, when you do the mocks and everybody says this, that that he's going to. I mean, think about how crazy this draft system is. There was a time where Will Levis was getting feel for being the first pick overall in the draft. Mm -hmm. Right? And there was momentum that he was going to be the fourth pick. I bought into it. I'm as guilty yeah, as anybody. I had him in my little you know, mix of so, But, I mean, and look now. at, at And we kept saying last night, we were doing a show down at South Point, and Minnesota was on the clock. And I said, if Minnesota, you were talking about Minnesota trading back up. I said, if they don't pick him here, they don't want him. If they don't pick him here, they don't have him graded high enough. Now, if he comes to him in the second, they'll get him. And then as it starts to tick down, there was no doubt. that, And I never bought the the hooker going in the first round crap i never bought that didn't pass the smell test it it never made sense to me fifth year we got to get the fifth year on hooker he's you know everything that analytical people believe in age all that that he he doesn't pass that test now could he still be a good player yeah i'm not denying that Mm -hmm. but the but the value of the first round i never bought that one i never bought that one i mean we had mocks that had hooker going five in the top 10. yeah I mean, there's one website that had Hooker going in the top. I mean, look, everybody's opinion to me, if it's you know, if it's studied on tape, you know, it's a, you can give it. But I'm just saying, it doesn't, as you said, doesn't pass a smell test. No, it never did. Only three quarterbacks selected in the first round, and we saw them go in the first four picks, which I yeah. thought was big, really surprising, based on how we've kind of talked about these quarterbacks, them going number one, number two, and then number four here. What was the biggest surprise to you last night? I think Detroit. I, I think to me. I think to me, you cannot be critical of the picks. What I think you should be critical of is team building. Mm. Okay? To me, we just watched the 49ers and the Eagles play in a conference championship game dominated by offensive and defensive linemen. Okay? Mm-hmm. We just watched the Chiefs do things to help their defense. You know, we, we know that you need a quarterback. Like, for example, I don't like Houston's picks. I'm not a Stroud guy. I'm not a Will Anderson guy. I don't fault them for their picks. They fit the criteria. You need a quarterback, you need a rusher. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I could be wrong. They could be right. They could be right. I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. That's team building. They built, they're building their team the right way. So give them props for that. When you do what Atlanta does, in the last three drafts, you draft Kyle Pitts, 
wide receiver. Don't call him a tight end. I don't. You you can't even defend him as a tight end. No, he's, he's a wide. You, even you can't defend no. him as a tight end. Okay, he's I don't a, want to block him. He's for an me. inside slot big receiver. That's yeah. what he is. Okay, talented, but yeah, he's a very receiver. talented. But he's an inside slot receiver. Mm-hmm. They draft Drake London now. They just be like, do they have any clue on how to build a team in Atlanta? They have nobody up front. They have nobody in their defensive front. Grady Jarrett. I mean, who else is up there? They signed Calais Campbell, but he's like, what, 36? 120 years old. Pull a tooth. I mean, I love Calais. He's tremendous. But, (laughs) I mean, are you kidding me? Like, that's team building? Detroit has the fifth, the sixth pick in the draft. They have a great opportunity to pick a front seven player. They gave up 350 yards rushing to to the Carolina Carolina Panthers. And you're telling me you're gonna you need another running back when you sign Montgomery and you already have Swift on your team, who I think is a good player. Like I'm, I'm not arguing with the Gibbs pick. I'm not again. This is not a criticism of the Gibbs player. The player. Yeah, I like the player. I think he's good. I'm arguing with the philosophy of team building. That's what I'm arguing about. Meanwhile, the Eagles just follow their plan. We're going to draft defensive linemen. We're going to draft offensive linemen. Right. We're going to draft front seven players. Okay. So they get. Carter and Nolan Smith. Okay, great. You know, you can argue whether they're the character or all that crap. You can argue about the player. But to me, I think this is a day to argue about team building. This is really what it's about. Arguing about team building. And some fucking teams have no clue how to build a team. Yeah, D- Detroit, it really was puzzling. And they also took Jack Campbell, the off-ball linebacker from Iowa, big guy athletic that selected him 18th overall. And we talked about how we're not going to say anybody reached. Nobody re- like We all have differing opinions on this draft because, let's be frank, like this draft was not seen as a really good draft. The Dallas Cowboys came out yesterday and said they only had 11 first-round grades in this draft. And I think this is the lowest I've ever no, heard. No, I mean, I think that's <laughs> right. That's I bet crazy. you if I wrote it down. I mean, look, here's I like Campbell. I think Campbell's a big guy. I think he got criticized for being big. Nobody mm-hmm. can really see his quickness and athleticism. However, that being said, to me, he's not a great fifth rusher. What, I, what, what To me, some guys are really good fourth rushers, meaning you can line them up at the end of the line and rush. Okay, Makai Parsons, a really good fourth rusher. Well, what makes Makai Parsons special is he's a really good fifth rusher. Mm-hmm. So he knows how to fit on the rush when it's four coming from the down and he goes and works his way around. Campbell's not a good fifth rusher. He's not a good fourth rusher either. He's a good linebacker. So for me, they got to have a plan for him. I, I, whether they picked him too early or not, I don't know. But they had an opportunity, I thought, in the first round to get a dot, whether they get Tyree Wilson or they get Car- they get a front seven defensive lineman. And I just don't think they had a really good clue on team building. I mean, it's the same thing with the the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers do it constantly. They keep taking receivers. I mean, Baltimore, here's Baltimore. They take another receiver, okay? Now, I know somebody on TV said that Zay Flowers is the next Tyreek Hill. Okay. <laughs> he might be. Maybe he, might he is. Be. Maybe he is. He might be. But here's my problem with that. Lamar Jackson, if you study, if you really know Lamar Jackson, he needs big receivers with wingspan, with wingspan that he can throw because he's not going to always have the ball in the right spot. He needs yards after the catch receivers. It's mm-hmm. exactly what Philadelphia did with A.J. Brown marrying him to Hurts. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Zay Flowers is on Philly, he may not be as effective as J.J. Brown is because A.J. Brown's a big yards after the catch receiver. That's what Lamar needs. He needs inside the box receivers that can go in there and catch the ball and run after it. I keep looking at ball. They don't even get their own quarterback who they just paid all this money for. Like, if I was the GM of Baltimore, I'm drafting tight ends and slot receivers. 
and I'll put a guy on the outside because yeah, Lamar's only going to throw deep post, but he wants to throw the ball in the middle of the field. I'm going to copy San Francisco's portfolio on Kyle Shanahan and how to build a team. We'll get into the Lamar Jackson contract coming up in the next segment, but you talked about this all throughout the process. Whatever Baltimore did, they were going to get an A. Oh, no. NFL.com, <laughs> they had the grades out for the first round. It's an A for the Baltimore Ravens. And here's the analysis. It says the re-signing of Lamar Jackson to the five-year $260 million contract got the Ravens off to a nice start in day one. They added to everyone's happiness when selecting Flowers, a downfield threat and zone eater over the middle who can take a quick throw from the former MVP and take it the distance. Once again, the Ravens stayed patient and got a good player. This is from listener Adam Rousey or Rosie. I'm, hopefully I didn't butcher your name there. But Adam, we appreciate you saying it. He tagged us both into that, uh, that tweet there. But... Ravens get an A for the draft. Great the, process. Was there ever a doubt that they were? I, I mean, look, look, here, here's the reality. Lamar getting put into the equation of the draft is somewhat, you know, like that, that adds into your draft grade. I mean, guy was already on your team. I mean, the guy's already on your team. So, I, I mean, maybe say Flowers will be a yard after the catch. Maybe it's maybe he's just not a, you know, a, a fast receiver, but he's going to have to go inside the middle of the field. Look, y- you know, one thing is whenever you have a situation, I truly believe Baltimore's so good with PR. Mm-hmm. They're, that they're that if I were a presidential candidate, if I were a presidential candidate, whether in the Republican or the Democratic Party, I would enlist the Baltimore Ravens to help my campaign. You're calling Bashadi and DaCosta? Well, I would call DaCosta. He's good at it. He's good. <laughs> no, he's, you got to take your hat off to him. You I do. don't mean this as a criticism. I mean, this is, I mean, he has created positive momentum. I envy him. I never could create any positive momentum. I, I mean, he's got this ability to create, po- even when it doesn't go good. Mm-hmm. Even when it doesn't go good, he's good. Have and you that, ever met him? Oh, I've talked to him. Yeah. Is he a charismatic guy? Like, why? why I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I know. I wouldn't say that, but I think he's really politically savvy, oh. and it's a little bit of a. Did you ever watch House of Cards? I did not see House of Cards. That's a really great show. You should watch that, but you got to get through The Sopranos first. I but, do, yeah. I got some uh, homework. But Frank, the, the lead character, is very politically savvy. And, and that you need that. I mean, you carry favor with that. I mean, you would think that Baltimore's won 12 Super Bowls, how favor, right? right? It's amazing. Baltimore has this incredible PR. They've won all the, you know, they've what, won two Super Bowls? Two Super Bowls, yeah. Okay, New England's won six. Belichick's on the hot seat. Nobody in New England, nobody in Baltimore's on the hot seat. Nobody, Belichick's on the fucking hot seat. He's going to get, I mean, I did a radio show yesterday. First question the guy asked me, if Belichick doesn't have a good draft, is he getting fired? Like, Jesus. I mean, are you kidding me? It's like, but Baltimore has none of that. They, they are very good. And I say this envious. They are very good at creating favor. And so there's no doubt. I mean, I predicted they were going to get an A before. They could have passed and got an A. <laughs> a for trading down. A for trading <laughs> and, and, down. And not picking a player. Uh, I want to talk about this more in depth, but let's start the conversation here. Houston Texans, you mentioned how you're not really fans of Stroud or Anderson, the players. But what do you think of the process, though, and the shrewd move that they made to try to block out Tennessee from moving up to number three? Uh, okay, so we, we said yesterday on the show, we said on the pod, that we thought Will Anderson was number two. Block it in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's right. Betting market was minus 350. Right. I think that's right. But here's what happened. To get Tennessee off of the third pick in the draft, so Nick could create the only really team that was interested in three, he had to declare he was taking Stroud at two. Mm. You follow me? Yep. So he locked Tennessee out of, because Tennessee has no motivation to go to three if Stroud's gone. Okay? Mm-hmm. So now once he gets three, once he locks it out and once he makes it known to everybody, that's why the betting market went crazy. Because Nick let it be known that he was taking Stroud at two. 
which then made Monty Ossendorf's phone never ring from Tennessee. And now he had to deal with, with Nick. So he locked him out. It's really kind of what we call freeze the pick. He froze the pick with two. He picked Stroud. And then he picks the guy he really wanted to pick at two, Anderson. He picks him at three. And it ends up working out much better because he gets a guy. He, basically, if you're going to pick the quarterback, you don't want to pick him after a defensive player. You want to be able to say, this is our guy. This is our guy. We're picking him. And he really created the only team that could go for three. He created the only situation by taking Stroud, too. He created the only way that, that he became the only participant in trading for the third pick overall. With that said, Arizona got a pretty nice haul for moving back, though, I would imagine. I mean, they, they got a first-round pick for next year. They got some other picks as well. Now, they did go ahead and move up, which was the theme of the top ten. Three trades. We had the Texans, Cardinals, and Eagles all moving up into the top ten, the most we've had since 2012 in the top ten. So it, it was a night that had a lot of fireworks with the draft bit, here. Yeah. And we'll talk it about forever. these. Yeah, it did take, it took a long time. We had uh, David Tepper and Scott Fitterer just twiddling their thumbs before they said Bryce Young, and uh, that was the presumptive number one overall pick as he's now down in Carolina. But we'll talk about all the rest of the trades and all the happenings from the draft. But on the other side, let's talk more about Lamar Jackson. Five years, 260 million. We'll discuss it next here on the GM Show. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So... As a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do Go check out the PXG Black Ops Driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. The fireworks yesterday started about three and a half hours before the NFL draft, Michael, because we saw the Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. The saga is over. Yeah. They have come to an agreement on a five year, $260 million contract, including $185 million in total guarantees. Highest paid player in NFL history. Well, I mean, you know, the one thing I've said this all along, doing contracts for elite players is not a hard thing to do. There's, 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 specific, there's other contracts to examine. Mm -hmm. We know that Murray got a deal. We know Russell got a deal. And now we know Hertz got a deal without fully guaranteed. So there's three to one. And so you have a better argument to Lamar. And so to me, I never felt like you couldn't get a deal done. It was the appetite of the Ravens to do a deal. 
And it was the appetite of, of Lamar to accept that there isn't any, all these guarantees. And I'm sure this has got a lot of skill guarantees, injury guarantees in it, excuse me. Remember, you have to fund it when it's skill and injury. You don't have to fund it when it's injury only, mm. which is huge. And teams don't mind, like in this case, you don't mind funding the injury only element of the contract. What you mind is the skill and injury because you have to ship the money to the league office. So by just doing the injury guarantee, you get away from that. So, I mean, once you understand that and what risk is it, what at risk of Lamar getting cut? There's really none, right? There's mm -hmm. no risk, right? And so what's the only risk? Injury. The yeah. only risk really is that we're not going to cut you because you lost your no. skill set. <laughs> You know, your, your skill set's elite. It would be a gonna, wild turn of events. Yeah, I mean, unless you, what would cost you to lose your skill set? Injury. Mm. You know, so I think to me, it, 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 I mean, it made sense to get done. And for Baltimore, it, when they looked over the landscape of the league, I mean, what were their options? If we don't sign Lamar, where are we going? You know, and now they've got to tinker with their offense and kind of create this system and, you know, of where they want to go and how they want to redefine their offense. And, you know, they've got all these receivers now. Or they got Bateman. They got Odell. They got Odell. Oh, my God. They got, they got Zay Flowers yeah. now. So, I mean. The great Zay Flowers. Yeah, the get, great Zay correct. I mean, and he might be great. I mean, <laughs> he, yeah. I mean, he, he be might bad. be great. But good I think, player at Boston College. You know, I think to me, again, if you're going to be critical of teams during this process, everybody's opinion isn't right. It goes back to. How do you build your team? What do you see are the key components to championship football, right? What makes a team elite, you know? And when Detroit picked Sewell, I thought they got that. But after what they've done yesterday, you know, are they, are they really engaged in team building? Is Atlanta really understanding the art of team building? I mean, here's Terry Fontenot. He spent time with Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. Those guys drafted offensive and defensive yeah, linemen on a regular basis. Now he goes to Atlanta, and he's become a he's become a seven on seven GM. I mean, he's become a seven on seven GM. All he wants is skill players. Look, nobody likes B. John Robinson more than I did, and nobody nobody echoes why he should have been a first round pick more than I have about being a weapon. But at some point, you got to block him, and at some point, you got to rush him, and. It's hard when, you, when you're using high-valued picks and not getting defensive linemen. I, I'll give you an example. Cincinnati, I think Lou Amaromo does a great job of, of picking players for his defense, along mm -hmm. with Duke Tobin. They get Murphy down there at the bottom of the first round from Clemson, five-star kid. Now, he's not really a, an explosive twitch player, but, but I, I get that they needed that. Like they, they getting, They're improving their defense, right? So... That, to me, is an indicator. Like, Kansas City at the end of the first round, boom, defensive lineman. Mm -hmm. Like, they get it. I mean, even the Jets. I mean, the Jets, you can argue whether you like the player or not. It doesn't matter. But they went right. They're good in the defensive line. They added a defensive lineman. You know, now, do I think they would have taken, uh, you know, who would they have taken if, if uh, and then what, New England took Gonzalez? No, no, yeah. no Pittsburgh came up to take uh, the no, left tackle. Broderick Jones, yeah. Right, would they have taken? Probably. They probably, you know, Pittsburgh beat them on. That's why Pittsburgh moved up. They thought the Jets were going to take them. And that's, you know, that's what happens in a draft. New England moves three to picks down and they get Gonzalez, a guy that nobody had outside the top 10 most of the year. Yeah, he's a big guy with a lot of movement skills there. And, and, and the concern on him is, can, will he be physical enough? But what he can do is he is really athletic. He can run fast. He's, he plays the ball. 
It's just he's going to have to be able to set the edge of the defense, and they'll get him to do that. Hearing you talk about the Atlanta Falcons, it's almost like I can rewind to this point last year when they drafted Drake Drake London, and and you're saying the same thing. I was bitching that. (laughs) Yeah, you're saying the same thing. And now we are a year later. They draft another skill guy, which, once again, we love B. John Robinson, big fans of B. John Robinson, but once again, you have to win within the trenches, and it doesn't look like the Falcons are doing just that. I want to talk about number four overall, the Indianapolis Colts, because all throughout this process, they were linked to Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. They didn't really make it known that they wanted Anthony Richardson. I know we had some discussions. I don't know if we had it uh, while doing the show, or maybe it might have been off air or so, but uh, you talked about how Shane Steichen was really intrigued by Anthony Richardson. Six-back offense, can he duplicate what he did with Jalen Hurts? Because that's why he ultimately got the head coaching. Right. I mean, so it makes sense, right? And you're taking a risk. I think Chris Ballard's commentary is right. We like we like the potential of the player. You know, I, I'm of the school. We had the great Rick Venturi on the on the show yesterday, and he was talking about, you know, you're going to have to play this kid midway through the season, kind of a little bit like they did Lamar. You know, they go mm. four and five with Lamar, Lamar. I mean, but it's going to take some time to get this kid to go. Now, the problem is to me with Anthony is. Is he going to be that alpha male? Can he lead the team? He's kind of a quiet, shy kid. You know, he doesn't really, he's not a an over-the-top worker. He's so talented that he knows he can get by. Where Brady's talented, but he thinks he's an under, he thinks he's an, uh, he acts like an overachiever. Mm-hmm. You know, what you want is your best player to be an overachiever. Not in talent, in terms of mindset. Mm-hmm. That's what you really want. You want your best player to be an overachiever mindset, but a talented player. That, that's the rare combination. And the, unfortunately, Richardson is just talented. He doesn't have that over. They're going to have to teach him how to be com, have competitive stamina, to drive, to want to be the best, to, to show him what great players do and how great players behave. The preparation, the work ethic. That's what makes J- Jalen Hurts' talent is good, but he, but he thinks of himself as an overachiever. Yeah. So he works to that level. Yeah, he acts like he's a walk-on. Right, exactly. That's what you want. You want talented players to act like a walk-off. It's like Charlie Munger often says all the time, you want to hire somebody with a 120 IQ that thinks he has a 90 IQ. Mm. They work. What you don't want to do is hire somebody with a 150 IQ that thinks he's got 180. Yeah. No, that, well, Richardson, I, I'm a big fan. This was the dream scenario for me as a Richardson defender. I know Elliot Bowman, he might beat me out on this one. He's, 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 an actual, he's an actual Colts fan. He's waiting to buy the jersey where Richardson picks his number. That jersey will be a, a express day shipping for, yeah. for our boy Elliot here. But I think this is the dream scenario for him to go to this. If it's not going to work here, it was never going to work. Right. So I'm, I'm glad that well, we're going to get to see this. I think your point's well taken, Femi, because I think they, have, they do know the plan in Indy. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're going to be, a six-back team. So what does that mean? So you better have yards after the catch receivers. But you basically you're going to copy Philly's scheme. Yep. You're going to copy, but you got to get better up front. Like they need an offensive left tackle. We know that. You know what do they pick? They have the fourth, the forty, thirty fifth pick here. They're mm-hmm. going to have to pick a tackle. Whichever one's left, they need an offensive lineman there. You know they've got good players. They could they use a receiver? Sure. They need another receiver. They need yards after the catch receiver with big catch radius. That's what you got to have. So. I think one thing Philly did that goes beyond plays is they define the player that they need in the system, right? They mm-hmm. kind of defined it, and that's what Steichen's going to have to do with the Colts. This is an interesting question that we got for another, another listener here, and it's something that you brought up about how Richardson, the talk about him was he needed to go back to school and play another year at Florida. 
do you think it's possible to learn more playing in the NFL and getting those reps and being in the building versus playing in another 13, 14 games in college? Well, my my thinking was it would help would help his draft status, but that was freaking wrong, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, apparently he knew he was going high. <laughs> I mean, he knew he was going high. So that going back to school, you know, he ain't Rodney Dangerfield. He don't need to go back to school. Let me cash his ticket now. <laughs> I was wrong on that one. I was wrong on that. I I meant go back to school to increase your draft stock. And he didn't he didn't need that. But look, the, what I think people have a really disconnect on is the Saturday game and the Sunday game are two entirely different games. Entirely different games. Not and and it's hard to explain, but they're not even remotely close. And so when he walks in that cult building and he starts his journey on the Sunday game, what the Saturday game he thought was hard, he's now in another level. And a lot of these young players don't even realize that. They think the Saturday game is easy for the Sunday game. No, no, no. You're basically going from a state school to Harvard. Mm. Okay? And so that Sunday game's a really hard game to learn, and especially for the quarterback. Yeah, that's a lot that's flying at those guys. And one of the reasons why Bryce Young, we thought that he could translate I the most. I love this because... now. Did you see this quote? Frank Wright no, is... didn't need convincing on Bryce Young. When you watch the tape, he's the best player. And I'm happy that, you know, people listen to us. I got a bunch of tweets from people yeah. saying they cashed some tickets on Bryce Young. Yeah, I was because able to cash what, tickets because of you. Because yeah. what, Bryce, what, what Frank said is exactly what you see on the tape. I don't think Frank's lying. I, I really don't think Frank's lying. I think everybody made, made it up that Frank would like somebody else. But it's so obvious on the tape that Bryce Young was good. You, you couldn't make anything up. Everybody also projected Jalen Carter onto the Seahawks. And that did not happen. I think that's the one thing that I was consistent on. I was like, I don't think they're going to take him. Right. And I think they spent a lot of time talking to the Georgia coaches. I, I think they were, I don't think they could get comfortable with the character. I don't, I think Seattle would have liked to take a defensive lineman. I don't think they could get comfortable with the medical on Wilson. And I don't think they got comfortable with the character on Carter. Because the character on Carter the off-the-field incident where the poor young woman died and the football player died, that's tragic, mm -hmm. right? But then the, in the building of the Georgia program is also, and we've seen reports now come out, like there is sometimes players wear out their welcome at schools. Um, and maybe he did, but you also have to have a support staff around them. You have to have a plan for Carter. Philly probably will have a plan. I mean, that's why if you're Atlanta, what? And you know this kid's at 20, what, 60 miles away from me up in Athens? And he's from your town? You don't have a plan for how to hit, how to handle this kid? I mean, you let this guy just go and you take a running back? I love Bijan, but you, but where's the team building? Is Carter, is he from Georgia? I'm not sure where he's from. Because I almost think that maybe it's better off that sometimes you kind of get away from where you're kind of from. Oh, I don't think so, because they all come around. They'll find you? They'll find you. They'll find, he's from... Uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that city, but he's from Florida. That's <laughs> where he's from. Um, so, Florida, Florida, Florida? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like Apapaca or something. Opalaka. Like that. That's where Sap's from, too. Somewhere in there. Sorry, Floridians who are listening. Uh, I'm from Washington, a little bit, a little bit further away. <laughs> but we'll talk some more draft on the other side here. This is the GM Shuffle presented by DraftKings and Visa. 
The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New Customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. We're talking about the Georgia defensive tackle, Jalen Carter, going to the Philadelphia Eagles. They also got Nolan Smith. As a Cowboys fan, a little concerned. Uh, the Eagles now just acquiring players from the back-to-back national champion Georgia Bulldogs, which is probably not a bad idea. Uh, would you say Philadelphia, Michael, is the biggest winner from day one, or, or who well, is the biggest winner? Uh, I mean, look, Philly got a big time. They got the best player in the draft in a position that is most coveted by all NFL teams. They got a three technique. They've got a really good support system with Fletcher Cox, a veteran player. Mm-hmm. They got Brendan Graham. They got his teammate Jordan Davis there. They got Dean now, and then they draft they draft uh, Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith in the bottom of the first. So, I mean, look it's not going to be an easy thing for Philly to manage, but Philly will figure out how to manage it. They do a pretty good job there. And so um, I, I think, you know, you got a defensive front seven player like that. That's pretty impressive, especially you lose Hardgrave, who was a huge element to their team. Big time element. And you replace him with Jalen Carter, who's better than Hardgrave. Think yeah. about that. That's crazy. Think about that. So, yeah, they're winners. I mean, they have to be winners. I don't know about Nolan Smith. I'm not a Nolan Smith fan. I like the fact that they picked a front seven guy. Again, this is disagreement of evaluation, not disagreement of team building, which is really the essence of the draft. We we get caught up in we get caught up in grading the draft on the player, yet we don't get caught up in criticizing teams for picking. How many times are the Ravens going to continue to pick wide receivers? Or we talked about Atlanta in the earlier block. I mean, you know, how many more receivers can you possibly pick? We run a, a relay team, so. I don't know where Nolan Smith plays. He's 238 pounds. I think they probably comped him to Hassan Riddick. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that before. Yeah. But um, 
you know, but they got him. So I think there's no question that they did. They, they got that. I, I think when you break it down, it, it really comes down to the winners are teams that stay within a philosophical ability of their team and pick players. The Jets, for example, you know, Douglas picks a defensive end. They probably wanted to pick an offensive lineman. That If that guy hits, that's a winner, right? Mm-hmm. Broderick Jones for Pittsburgh, that's a huge winner. That, that left tackle situation wasn't good last year. They get a winner. Then this kid can play guard too. They might be able to move him around. Could play right tackle, you know, so they got a winner there. They only cost him a fourth round pick. So that, that to me, again, philosophically, that's a smart play. Detroit and Atlanta, we talked about them not really philosophically going about it the right way. Is there another team that you would put in that category as well as, as maybe a day one loser? I, I don't know if they're losers as much, but like I think to me when you're, when you're the Chargers and you can't stop anybody in the run game, now maybe they didn't feel like there was somebody down there in the first round, but to me, I would have, especially when you're a defensive coach, you need that. But I think what happened to the Chargers was last year, all their receivers got hurt. Mm-hmm. So now you're paying you're paying Mike Williams, right? You're paying Keenan Allen. Now you just paid a first rounder, and you won't pay Eckler. It's, it's it's questionable. I mean, to me, the Chargers are still not a great defensive team. No, yeah. I mean they built their team to to to, to stop the pass. I know they signed J.C. Jackson but a couple hurt. years ago, but I mean, he's hurt. I, yeah. I like the Giants pick in, in, in Banks for Maryland. I think that's a really good pick. I mean, I would have taken a corner. I would have taken a defensive front seven player if I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm the Chargers. Like, to me, I mean, you take these receivers. I mean, like, let's just think about this. Chicago gave up the 33rd pick in the draft for Claypool. That's a horrible trade. Now, if Pittsburgh hits with this and they pick a rush guy off the edge, that, that's a horrible trade. Yeah, that's, that's a, a horrible. That's a you just one. gave up a 33rd pick in the draft. And you still 32nd need, pick yeah. in the draft. You gave up essentially a first round pick. And you still needed a receiver. That's why they were clamoring over DJ Moore. That's a horrible pick. I mean, look, I'm not arguing with who the who the who the Bears took. They took an offensive lineman. I think that's good. I mean, Dar- Dar- Darnell Wright's a good player. Whether he's carry all those stuff in, in tune. Really a good player, right tackle, gets him in there. So I don't argue with that. But to me, that's a lot to pay for Claypool, a lot. I mean, Pittsburgh won that trade. Now they got to win this pick to win the trade. And they will. They probably can parlay this into more picks. You mentioned the wide receivers. First time in the common draft era that we've seen four straight wide receivers go in an NFL draft. The over on the receivers in the it first four round. And a half. It was uh, three and a half. Oh, so, was it? So, yeah, three it and a half plus 120. So that cashed as well. Wow. Went bang, 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 bang for the wide receivers with Jackson Smith and Jigba going to Seattle. Jordan Addison going to Minnesota. Anything on Smith and Jigba? I know he's kind of a slot guy. Seattle said that they wanted that and he's the best one in the no, draft. He was the best one in the draft. He's really talented in that slot. He gives them another weapon. I mean, look, Seattle, when you break down their team, right, they... they they get the defensive tackle from the from the Broncos, mm-hmm. so they've up, upgraded there. Now they added another corner, which I think people have to understand. So early in the Pete Carroll system was they were a cover three match system. So they kind of always took corners, whether it's Byron Maxwell, Richard Sherman. They took corners later in the draft and could, could develop them. But I think now they want to play more man. They know that system is kind of dying. Mm-hmm. People attack it. They understand it. And if you don't dominate up front – that system doesn't really parlay itself. So you got to win on third down. At some point, I know a team asked a corner about, you know, uh, what coverage he wants to play, and the corner said, oh, I want to play cover two. Well, you know, I mean, you can't get off the field on cover two. 
on third <laughs> and five, you ain't get off the field on cover two. You know, you got to win to win a game. You got to man to man somebody up, and you need rush too. Don't get me wrong, you need mm-hmm. rush. And so to get Witherspoon for them was was to me it, it changes. It kind of was outside their philosophy, but he's yeah. a clean player. And that's why I tweeted how I was stunned that Seattle went corner because that's like you said that's something that they haven't done in the past. But every good organization they evolve. Yeah. And, and the Seahawks are a really good organization, and and here they are evolving, adapting to the times, on knowing that hey, our Seattle three defense that everybody has caught on to, we can't continue to do that a decade later, uh, continuing the, from that Super Bowl championship team ten years ago. Will Levis is the topic of du jour for day number two, and he's seen as the quote-unquote best player available. Well, that's according to Mel. Well, acor- well I mean, Mel just was the best player Mel available just, Mel just, in the draft started. I just was Mel. reading Mel's Uh-oh. grades, and he killed Houston for what they did because they didn't, you know, they, they, picked, they picked the Stroud, and then they traded up. I mean, Uh-oh. you can't, the great, people have to understand this. When people grade the draft, they're grading based on what they think. Mm-hmm. And that's completely wrong. It's yep. about how you build your team, right? It's how you build it. Like, I don't argue that B. John Robinson is a really good player. I argue that they don't understand team building. So I think to me, Will Levis, I think it's pretty clear people saw Will Levis the way I saw Will Levis. 5'9". A backup, maybe a potential, maybe he could start. You know, do I think... Do I think the Rams would be interested? I don't know. If the Rams aren't, if if Sean McVay ain't biting here. That's a bad sign. It's a really bad sign. That's a bad sign. Because Will Levis played for Liam Cohen this past season in Kentucky. Liam Cohen has ties to that Sean McVay offense being with the Rams. It's an easy, just come on in. You know the offense. Well, you're not to Yeah, I mean, it's at least the, if he, if they know him and they feel the way Matt, they feel the way that Mel Kuyper feels on Will Levis, then they could they could turn this salary cap foray or hole that they've dug for themselves. They can dig it out because they get an elite mm-hmm. quarterback. If they don't feel that way, if they if they feel the way I feel, then they're not going to do it. Mm. Yeah, no, that's it's it's an interesting part of this draft now with Will Levis, who I felt bad for watching him last night and seeing that the broadcast kept showing him. And I get like he, it becomes a story because he's a quarterback in the green room, but that's that's a tough sign. That's for horrible. Him. It's, it's just, again, it's really you know, tough. again, it's like who told the league he's going one. Yeah, you know, the league does a good job about putting people in the green room. Now they don't. Want, the league doesn't want that either. Yeah, they don't want that. They're going to get to the bottom of it. They're going to get to the bottom of it about maybe why did they get misled down that road? They don't want that. Well, because Indianapolis kept getting linked to them. And Chris Ballard, we played the clip of Chris Ballard a couple weeks ago, and he says, oh, I mean, I, I either tell the truth or I'm dancing. And today I'm a dancer. He never debunked any of the Will Levis stuff. He said, yeah, I've seen people talk about Levis and all that stuff, and, you know, it's all part of the evaluation. What have I always said? When, when, when you get a guy linked to you mm-hmm. that's not really true, just keep saying that's true. Just go along with just it. Just go along with it because you, you don't have to lie now. Everybody has you taking Will Levis. Okay. Yeah. We love him. Okay, yeah, we really like him. <laughs> yeah. They say we're going to take him, but we really like him. Yeah, or maybe Anthony Richardson. That's who they're going to take because that's what they ended up doing. The Rams, by the way, picked 36th overall. That's a spot potentially for Will Levis. Maybe some team would move up, but I'm of the mindset, if a team would have moved up to the top of the second, why wouldn't they have just done that last night to get that fifth year there? I know we kind of overrate the fifth year, but it is it means something. You might as well just go ahead and get that fifth year versus moving up to 32 or 33 to draft him. Yeah, I think to me, there wasn't the love to give up the asset. I think if Will Levis makes it 
where it's not going to co- be very costly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Pittsburgh, it only cost them a fourth round pick to move up two spots to get Broderick Jones. That's not costly, right? Mm-hmm. You'll do that. But when you got to go from say you say you're Tennessee at 41 and you got to go to 28, that's going to cost you. Yeah, that is, and a, that's an expense that you you know that expense you should have just drafted him at eleven. Yeah, that is a pretty penny. Tennessee's at forty one. Uh, I mean, I don't think Atlanta's going to do that. They like uh, Desmond Ritter, but Raiders at thirty eight. I don't think do they like Levis. I mean, everyone's going to take your word on it. The Raiders. <laughs> I don't know anything about the Raiders. <laughs> the, the dinner table chats have not been about Will Levis. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up here, though, best players available for round two. Levis, we've discussed. Michael Mayer, Kincaid went ahead of him. Buffalo jumped ahead of Dallas, yeah. thinking that Dallas wanted Dalton Kincaid. I mean, I, I've been saying this about Mayer. I mean, I love Mayer on TV scouting. But then when you watch the tape, it, it, he wasn't what what you thought he was from your perception mm-hmm. on TV scouting. So, uh, I mean, I think he'll go here. I worry he's not going to have an impact on third down. Mm-hmm. I really do. Uh, I think Hyatt will go here. I think... Uh, Darnell Washington should go should have gone in the first. He should have been the first tight end, mm. but he was injured. I think that's a question mark. I think Branch will go early, the safety. I think Joey Porter for a cover two team, team mm. that wants to play a lot of press. He's physical. He, he's physical. Not you know he don't really cover anybody. Not a great man to man guy, but he can press and run. So like if Pittsburgh were to pick him at the top, that would make sense. They're going to play that. You know mm. they they get away with it long. He's hard to throw the ball over. Uh, Osiris Torrance is a guy that is a medical. I don't know where that's going to lead it to. You know, there's some of these guys, Washington, there. I, but I do think there'll be a little bit of a run on offensive linemen here or whatever the remaining defensive linemen are. What about Hendon Hooker, who we, we all thought we I think didn't think, maybe, but people thought. Maybe, I mean, maybe the Rams like Hooker more than they like uh, Levis. I mean, it's, when you have two quarterbacks are still available, do you need to trade up? All right, so let's go through it. I mean, real quick, if you're sitting, so today you're sitting in the room and basically what you do is you put the team needs up on all the things. Pittsburgh's not picking a quarterback. Nope. Arizona's not going to pick a quarterback. Detroit could, probably unlikely. Indy's not. Mm -mm. The Rams could if they like them. I mean, as you're going down this list, where's it all coming from? Tennessee at 41, they could. Would Seattle take Hooker? Maybe they could to redshirt him, but now you're dealing with a 27-year by the time yeah, they get him. I mean, he's old by the time he's playing. I think Seattle would probably take a front seven guy. Because they didn't take one in the first round. They didn't take one in the first round. Which surprised me because I thought that so, would be something I mean, they'd do. You know, it's the same thing that happened with Malik Willis. I mean, Malik Willis, this is two years in a row now. We've had The mocks have had a guy in the top five, top ten consistently all year, and Malik Willis went 81. Hmm. Ritter ended up going later, and and all, a lot of guys from last. I mean, look, Sam, look, Sam Howell, and he didn't go to the fifth. Yeah, I mean, Matt Corral went Corral, to third, yeah. um, and 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 they had a trade up to get him. So, I, to me, I think that that unless you really feel strongly about it, you don't want to give up an asset. The Rams don't have very many assets to give up. No, they, they really so why don't. you know like maybe they just patiently wait. They need a good player there. They need a starter. Yeah, hundred percent. Because they have no path or avenue to get a starter. No. This is the way to go ahead and do it. And if they believe in Matthew Stafford as one of the pillars of their organization, like they once said earlier this offseason, then maybe they add a player to help out Matthew Stafford in that team. But they're going to need somebody to be a backup. They have no backup quarterback on their team right now. Let me put that into play. They have nobody on their team at backup quarterback. I mean, Stafford's pretty durable. You don't really need one. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe they take Hooker. Maybe they take Hooker. But if they take Hooker over Levis... 
That really oh. is an eyebrow raiser. I mean, it's the way that people don't have Levis graded at high. That's that's just essentially what it comes down to. Mm. It's you, beauties in the eye of the beholder. What do you think the story of day two is going to end up becoming? Do you think it's going to be? I mean, obviously the quarterbacks are going to take a lot of it, but this is kind of the meat of the draft. We talked right. about how this. I, is I think a this draft is, that's a day this two. This is draft. about team building. Like, how can we build our team? What can we get potential stars? Guys, come in, plug and play. You know, do I think Hopkins gets traded? I know we have a quote from Monty saying that he does. He's. he's mm-hmm. I do think the second and the third rounders when veterans get traded. So Hopkins, we're looking out for Cook. Cook. Do they trade Derrick Henry? You know, what do they do? I I, I kind of thought Tennessee. Baker, would, maybe. No, I don't see that you one. See that? I I kind of thought that that Tennessee was in a remodel, and they probably would have remodeled had they gotten up to three mm-hmm. to pick Stroud. But I don't know if they'll remodel now. Yeah, they got Skaronsky now. No, that that's gonna change your program. I mean, they got they, at least they got a guard. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think he's a tackle. I think he's a guard. He's a good player. I mean, at least you're getting somebody in the de- in the offensive and defensive lines. You need it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm really interested to see how the rest of this draft plays out. Rounds two and three tonight. Yep. And then Saturday rounds four through Saturday is for the junkies. Yep. That's for the that's for the real junkies. Rounds four through seven. But we'll have our eyes on all of it throughout the weekend. We'll have a podcast on Monday to recap everything from the draft and maybe some veteran trader uh, players get traded. That's right. Coming up this weekend as well. But uh, we're on Hooker and Levis watch tonight. Oh, that's so, all we're gonna hear about. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pour one out for my buddy Mel. I'll I'll see I'll see how he's doing. I'll see how he's doing. This I'll watch the ESPN broadcast maybe this weekend instead of the NFL Network. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep tabs on that and let you guys know what happens over on Monday. But that does it for us here on the podcast. Thank you to our producer, Elliot Bowman, on the ones and twos. Thank you to DraftKings and VEASAN. Thank you to you guys. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Thank you to you, Michael. we got to do a VEASAN show here in about 15 minutes. right? But, of course, I will talk to you all throughout this weekend as we wrap up the NFL Draft. <laughs>